just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen six episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode six, Every Night is Another Story. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 6, Every Night is Another Story. Welcome back, Dom, my good friend. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be covering this episode. It's a good one. It's a good one. Let's not talk about that until we get to the judgments. A listener, Magdalena, shout out to you again, Magdalena, on Instagram pointed out that this episode is different to all of the previous ones in that this one all takes place in one evening where our episodes have been taking place over a couple of days Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to take that into account when thinking about this one in comparison to the other episodes so yeah so where do you want to start well i would just like to start with a not really a confession but like a note of panic okay i put the episode on and i saw the characters together that shouldn't be together right. and i thought oh crap i'm on the wrong season i pressed the wrong thing yeah i need to go back you're in like season two <laughs> yeah you thought you'd spoiled it for yourself I thought, i've ruined it for myself and he's gonna kill me <laughs> and this is this is it this is the end <laughs> he's just gonna poke me in the eye or something like that and i thought oh my god what have i done and i, I turned it all off oh, you actually <laughs> I, turned turned... It all, I turned everything off i thought all right, i can't i can't let myself fall into that trap of uh, of knowing what's coming up, what knowing what's coming, so I need to turn it off now. So I turned it all off, I reset everything, started again, and it was the same episode. I thought, okay, all right, okay, fine, I understand now. So it's the right, I'm on the right episode. And I watched a bit further in, and it says twelve, 12 hours, hours late, earlier. Yeah. So that's my little admission, shall we say, to this. You panicked. Episode. You yeah. were really worried. I didn't want to ruin it. I love that. That's <laughs> commitment. If if you had accidentally done that, would you have told me and told our listeners? Yeah. Like, say if you'd accidentally clicked into season two or something. Yeah, I think so. That wasn't 100%. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I definitely would. Okay. Because it's, it's not right, is it? The whole point of this is that I haven't seen it, and it's about our journey watching it as much as it is learning about their journey. I was worried, yeah, totally. I was worried that I had done a spoiler for you earlier. I screenshotted a message that a listener had sent that was saying something about, they were saying they enjoyed your rant about Karen a few episodes back. 
and I had to be really careful how, where I was screenshotting it because there were like spoilers underneath. Um, not that the person was intentionally spoiling it because they were messaging it to me, but after like I had to double check everything I send to you just to ensure that we don't ruin anything. And there are some real pivotal moments. There's some, there's some I think for each season finale. So Dom and I we record in um, in an office building, uh, and. We, we have a good time. We have pizza nights here <laughs> when there's nobody in the building. It's like derelict, just, just you and I. But I think for the finales of each season, because that's when, you know, you have the massive moments, we're going to have to... I'm going to have to watch them with you. Okay. Like I can't, because I need to see your reaction. And I think that would be quite cool to try and document somehow. Like, maybe, I don't know if we could how we could do it for the podcast, but, you know, something... So, uh, yeah, I have to be there for those moments. How how many episodes is season 22? Yeah. Something, something like, that. like that. So we've yeah. got like 18 episodes to work out. Yeah, we've got a while. <laughs> what yeah. we're going to do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Excellent. Okay, so which character would you like to start with? Uh, is it... Or do you want to group them? Is it good to start want... with... Let's start with the girls. You kind of have like three separate storylines going on that sort of you know merge in a way you've got the adults with the dinner with the justice league dinner <laughs> and then you've got the girls Haley, brooke and peyton and then you've got lucas and uh, nathan. nathan so you want to start with the girls let's start with the girls okay are you going to talk about them as a collective or you want to talk about individually and then how they come together? We can talk about them individually and then how they blend. Okay, so, so who do you want to start with? I mean, the episode starts with all three of them in the car. You've got Peyton, Haley, and Brooke. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was thinking, what's happening? What's happening? So we're doing the air drumming. <laughs> so upset. Because Haley's air drumming is a bit like, all right. well, this is what made me think I've, I've jumped. I've, I've missed something. I've missed episodes. I've missed a season. I've I've done something wrong because they're not meant to be friends yet or at all. <laughs> uh, and then you see Lucas and Nathan turn around, like nearly getting run over by them or whatever as the car approaches. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got to stop this. I need to turn it off. This isn't right. And then I realised I was watching the right episode. So I, ca- I carried on watching that bit and then it says 12 hours early. I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's fine. So we, we kind of, so we'll go with Peyton's journey to begin with. Mm-hmm. She's at home, lying on her bed, doing some sketches. She's cheerleader outfitted up. Yeah. She's kind of ready to go. And there's a, a knock at her like bedroom door, which for someone whose dad is away quite a lot, do they just come into the house? Yeah. You're and thinking... just help themselves, let themselves in and help themselves to go upstairs and... Go to, go to the fridge. Just do the whatever toilet, they want. Go to the toilet. Yeah, totally. And then we see like a hand with a handkerchief, white handkerchief, waving. And it's Brooke. And Brooke appears. And Brooke is the first to extend that olive branch after last episode's like total freak out. Mm. Um, and I thought that it would be Peyton going to apologise. And Peyton does apologise. But it takes Brooke to, to turn up and go, mm. hey, are we still friends kind of thing? You know, what's what's going on? And that was one of my issues in the previous episode. I said Peyton needs to apologise for this. Mm. And she does. But yeah, she had to be led into it. 
I thought Brooke handled it so perfectly because she was really positive and just sort of making light of it, not in terms of making light of what Peyton was going through, but making light of, oh, you know, your dramatic reaction and whatever and just sort of making it easy to move forward from. Yeah. And I think you touched on that before of saying how she is a character that is able to adapt and do that and be that sort of flexible person that can enable awkward situations to not be awkward anymore. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting on to talking about Brooke. Okay. So we'll come back to her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Peyton's apologised. said that, you know, she's going through a lot of things. And Brooke makes the jokes about, oh, you've been still being stroppy for splitting up with your boyfriend. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm over that now. I'm done with that. Um, and she kind of makes light of it. Brooke, like you said, Brooke makes light of it all. And Peyton joins in and they have like a silly moment and then they run off downstairs. And they head off to the game. Yeah. From there, pretty yeah. much. I it's... think it's just implied that they're then driving. To yeah, the and then they turn up at the game and they're on the sideline doing their cheerleader thing and it's all going pretty well. They're talking about Nathan and Haley. that Haley's in the stands and Nathan's giving her the look. I guess that's more of a Brooke thing. Yeah, um, but Peyton kind of doesn't really pay. She's like, yeah, whatever, is whatever, is what it is. He, she's cheering him, it's fine. Yeah. I'm kind of... She, it does feel like she's over him. Mm. Maybe, but maybe she'd been building for so long to to break up that she was just over him at, when they were still together. Yeah, it felt like it was this. It was an overdue breakup anyway. Yeah, I know that we're not talking about Brooke yet, but I think it's important to Peyton's character that Brooke says about this sort of love rectangle plus one. I think she says of that. You know, Nathan Nathan likes Tutor Girl. Tutor Girl likes Lucas. But I, what I want to say about Brooke is that she's just basically confirmed everything I've been saying. So Brooke, Brooke is like in my head. But what is it she says then? Let's clarify. So she does say um, Tutor Girl likes Nathan. Nathan yeah. likes Tutor Girl. Yeah. Um, you like... Uh, Lucas likes you to Peyton yeah Tutor Girl no Tutor Girl likes Lucas yeah she says Nathan likes Tutor Girl Tutor Girl likes, likes Lucas. Lucas Lucas likes, likes you, you. nobody knows that. I, don't, I haven't got a clue who you like anymore yeah and I like she likes Lucas yeah and she's giving Peyton the weekend yeah grace and it's then... all yours and then after that it's fair game yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, which you don't hear from like a female perspective mm. really very often, do you? No. So yeah, it's quite that's... an interesting take on it and like turn of like kind of their feelings. And that's quite a laddish thing to, to say, isn't it? Well, I'll mm. show you what, mate. I'll let you have them at the weekend. Mm. But, you know, after that. And it's just like, wow, what a, what a flip. What, what a great contrast. Yeah. Strong character. Really well done. Yeah. Really well done. It's hard to not like... Brooke. Like I can't imagine people disliking her. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I wouldn't know why. We've skipped on to Brooke. Should Sorry. We, should we stay with Brooke? No, let's go out to Payton. <laughs> no love lost there. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, and Peyton is 
like, oh yeah, whatever kind of thing about the the love rectangle. Yeah. And I think maybe you do have to go on to Brooke to get to where Peyton gets to next. Or maybe we'll they, come they, back they're to willing it. to connect, don't they? Yeah. So so let, let's let's do both of them together. Okay. And then we can add in Haley as we as, she, as her part increases. Okay. So uh, Brooke in that bit absolutely nails it on the head of exactly what I've been thinking all along, literally since episode one. <laughs> yeah. Other than the the Nathan Haley bit, because that comes in a little bit later. Yeah. But that added that extra dynamic, which was okay. He likes her. She likes Lucas. Lucas likes Peyton. Peyton is whatever. Probably likes Lucas, but is a bit. I don't know. Whatever alternative and doesn't really care. If you... she'll never give that away. If you was a teenager in this world, who would you like? Brooke. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Okay. Moving on. I think she's great. She's great in this. She she is you know, I've said it before that she's like the, the narrator type character where she's mm-hmm. kind of all seeing. Mm-hmm. She's got that. Mm-hmm. She's definitely got that. She can see what's going on, she can see who likes who. Mm. And she can she can map things out, and she knows what's happening. Mm. She's kind of got a good blend, I think. Of she's like fun, but can be serious. Like she had that moment with Lucas in the car. With how many moments can you point to and say that's when it changed? And yeah, she's intelligent. She's um, she's just a really well balanced, likable character. She's the sort of person that you would want to. You can imagine having fun with. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Brooke is all-seeing in my eyes at the moment. Nothing is binding her. Nothing's clouding her. There's no like male influence or anything that is preventing her from being able <laughs> is preventing her from being able to kind of foresee what's happening and what's evolving in terms of like the other characters and their relationships. Mm. Yeah. She knows what she wants as well, which is really good. None of the other characters know what they want, but she knows what she wants. That is the difference. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. She, yeah. They're Peyton, all... Peyton hasn't got a clue. Nathan doesn't know whether he likes sports or not. Lucas doesn't really know if he wants a dad or not, or who the dad's going to be. Um, they don't know what relationships they want to be in. Haley doesn't know where her allegiances lie. Mm. Brooke knows everything. She mm. knows what she wants. And it's, she's a comfortable character to watch as well. Yeah, because you don't you don't feel anything tense with her. Yeah, so you know it's just going to be light and quite entertaining. And she's a good actress. They that was really good analysis. That is true. That is what defines her as being and differentiates her from the other characters. All of them are really good actors. I think like you can't see any. Like you, I don't see the actors. I see the characters. Like you really. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's, I, I think for younger adults, I think they're all really good. And I think that gives a lot of gravity to the show. Mm. So Lucas and Nathan have a, a fight, a scuffle on the court, which we'll get to when we talk more about them. But it results in Brooke getting an ankle injury. Yeah. Which means Brooke has to go and see the team doctor or like the intern or whatever and he's a college student and she manages to talk him into giving her painkillers 
and she's meant to take half of one and she just takes two. <laughs> yeah, she manages to convince him for to to give her extra. Um, but she's being very flirty at this point, saying, oh, you're a college guy, I really like college guys. You're going to be a doctor in two years. And he's like, uh, not really, but she's like playing on it. Basically to try and get drugs off of him. Yes. Really, isn't it? She's just super flirty, extra flirty, just try and get get some extra happy pills. Yeah, and work, she takes them. And then Peyton takes takes her, puts her in the car, and then Haley doesn't have a ride back because the bus, the last bus is gone. Now there was a moment there where it seemed like Peyton wasn't going to offer Haley a ride, even though they're going back to the same town and the last bus is left. Like, okay, you don't have to be like really great friends with this person but is there not a little bit of decency in you <laughs> that she's like stuck here on her own like what it's 30 miles away like that's crazy you're gonna leave it? this young woman to walk home for 30 miles on her own shame on you Peyton how did Mouth get there though oh, he must have gone back on the bus yeah there's a, there's a lot of this happening though isn't there of just leaving without your friends or whatever well can we that's true. Can we talk about Mouth quickly? We can wrap him up because he's only in one scene. Um, were you happy to see Mouth again? It was nice to see him in it and like have the Riverport guys represented. Yeah. Because we've said over the last like three or four episodes that they're just not there, they're not present, yeah. and they're not even talked about. Yeah. There's not even really a reference to them. So it was nice to have him there and Haley kind of just dismissing anything he says, saying, I'm not interested in whatever it is you're doing. And he's like, oh... He has a great line. Did you catch it? And he's like, we're here in Pickerton where this, this and this and the livestock's nervous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great moment. That was brilliant. Hopefully there's more of that. I'd like saw... to see a lot more of that from, from them. You said in our last episode that you'd seen Lee Norris, the actor that plays Mouth in the new Tom Hanks movie Greyhound. Yes. I coincidentally saw him in a movie that my wife and I were watching the other night, um, Zodiac. Watching that for the first time, and he's uh, he's in that. Oh, okay. Is that the Robert Downey Jr. And, yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So showing up. Good in that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's uh, it was a David Fincher movie, and Lee oh, Norris is David also Fincher. he's also in Gone Girl as well. He has oh, okay. a small part in Gone Girl, so I think uh, David Fincher likes him. He's getting out there then. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I really like Lee Norris, the actor, and the character mouth. But yeah, so yeah, she's almost Peyton almost doesn't offer Haley a lift, um, but Brooke intervenes. Renames Haley Brooke. Yeah. How did you find that moment? I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and I was like, what what are we gonna call you? I we should call you I don't like the name Haley, so we're gonna call you Brooke, because I like my own name, you know. <laughs> it's just that I like my own name, I like me, you should be more like me. <laughs> and Haley yeah. And Haley play or Bethany Joy Lenz playing Haley plays it very well, I think, of feeling like awkward in the car sort of making her sm- herself quite small in the car it's like i think she feels like an inconvenience because of the way peyton's like just don't touch the stereo and we won't have any problems mm. why why what's wrong with you she's that moody teen isn't she 
Peyton, I mean. Yeah. But she's just always like that. Stroppy. Yeah. Stroppy cow. <laughs> yes. But um, Haley looks really uncomfortable, and I feel like the seat position is so upright as well. And she just looks like, okay, I have to sit here. And she sort of has a exhale and like almost rolls her eyes when she gets into the car. Like, oh, here we go. It's like 30 miles of these two and they don't like me and I don't fit in with them. And it, you, you think... could feel the uncomfort, couldn't you? The discomfort. Yeah, it's like she feels that they feel that she is beneath them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sad. Sad feeling isn't it now that yeah totally uh, now that Haley is in the mix should we go back and talk about how Haley got there because Nathan sort of flirtatiously invited her and said you, you know we always beat we always beat the is it Pickerington Hicks Pickerington Hicks yeah we always beat them and she, she says is that their name is that, is that their actual name their like nickname and yeah. he says no but they should be because it's all Trucks and mullets. Yeah. So pick up trucks and mullets. Yeah. Um, which is funny. Because they're the Pickerington Pirates, aren't they? That's it, yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, I'll be looking for you in the stands. So the fact that she goes and it's she's not going for Lucas, I mean, does this... I mean, how are you feeling like there is something genuine going on between Nathan and Haley, Or you still think he's playing the game? She still has the bracelet on. And that's, you know, very prominent throughout the throughout the episode, or like especially in that scene, on, on courtside. But she's taking a book with her. So Mouth is doing this commentary, and she's reading a book. She's not interested in the game. She's there for, for one reason, that she's been invited by Nathan. It's the only reason she's there. She's not there to support the team. She has no interest in basketball. She's made that very clear. So the flirtatious invite has worked. And she's falling into that trap, the old honeypot, mm. where he's playing nicey-nicey, and she's falling for it. Mm. But I I think that, I think she really likes him. I, I think Brooks sort of hit nail on the head with that she likes Lucas. But I think her attention, like I said before, is now swaying to Nathan because it's someone that's paying her attention. Um, I don't mean that in a she's attention seeking kind of way. I mean that in a when someone has been ignored for so long and they want to be loved by someone, they'll get to that point of accepting it from someone else because it's like, oh, someone is someone is actually seeing me for me, mm. and they're seeing me for. Um, that's really hard to explain and sound and not sound like a dick at the same time. I know what you mean. It's like yearning for affection. Yeah. And then not receiving it for so long from the one person you want it from now getting it from someone it's like finally yeah like feeling recognised yeah um, which she deserves completely but does she deserve it from Nathan who's potentially playing a nasty game and but where is it that you're sitting on that are you still are you undecided as to whether he has genuine intentions when we get to the end of this episode and we've talked about Nathan. Once we've talked about Nathan, I'll tell you then. Okay. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so they're in the car. Uh, they run out of gas. Gasoline. And they have to... 
leave Brooke in the car to go and walk to the gas station, but Peyton makes the decision to go with Haley and leave Brooke locked in the car. <laughs> Haley says, um, there was a gas station about a mile back. If I'm not back in an hour, call my mum and tell her I loved her. It makes a like, joke out of it. Uh, and Peyton at this point is doing the right thing for once by saying, okay, I'll come with you. And they're like, what are we doing with her? And they lock her in. And she's like, hey, <laughs> you know, I could suffocate in here. And like, you did crack a window open, didn't you? As they're walking off. And I think it's finally a, a good moment. It's good for them to have time together. Mm. Because Peyton has already given her a warning. Be careful. Watch out for Nathan. Mm-hmm. And she does it again. She's already said to her again in this episode, just be careful. And And although it felt like she wasn't going to offer a lift. She, I think she still cares that she might get in trouble with Nathan. And mm. that's his thats his character. She's throwing out the warnings here. She's got, like, underlying good intentions, but she's masking it with this facade of being prickly and, like, uh, you know, it's like a defensive mechanism of not allowing people to get too close because she'll say a you know, bitchy comment or, you know, yeah, sort of under this, under the layers of angst is actually a nice person. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good way of putting it. And, but we also get Hayley going back to Peyton saying, well, what about Lucas? And, you know, if he asked you out, would you go out with him? And she says, well, it depends on what song is playing and how he looks at me is he doing that broody look and they kind of like Hayley does an impression they kind of share a laugh at Lucas but it's not really like making fun of him but it's kind of those are nice moments I think bring the character they brought the characters closer together yeah they're both connecting on that as well I think Peyton will agree with Brooke in that Hayley has always had feelings for Lucas Hayley will never admit it out loud not until we have there's got to be a big moment somewhere later on, not necessarily this season, because I think we'll get to Nathan and Haley later. I think there's more there. Okay, so that's a little hint as to where I'm going to go with that one. Um, but I think Haley knows Lucas better than anyone, mm. and if Peyton is interested in Lucas, then she needs to do the right thing and, you know, get with a friend. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. <laughs> Spice Girls. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, jeez. So if she's, if she's interested in Lucas, Haley's the best person that's, you know, going give to give her that insight into how he is and what he likes and, you know, what his character is when he's not being the broody, moody one. Um, yeah, that's... It's about it for them, I think, in well, terms of that direction. Well, they then go and Haley siphons gas by, you know, sucking on the, the hose and Peyton makes a couple references to, you had a, you had a lot of practice of that, or something like that. Yeah, she, she's making, uh, we're back at it again. There's blowjob jokes in One Tree Hill. Oh, yeah. This is... <laughs> you wasn't expecting. No, I wasn't at all. Um, it's happened a few times, and Haley doesn't deny it, does she? Yeah. She says, "Have you got to the golf ball yet?" Yeah, yeah. 
There's a yeah. great line from Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? No. Um, where the the drill sergeant is going around and he's shouting at everyone, and it's it's quite an, like an it's a Stanley Kubrick film, so it's like weird anyway. And um, he's taught. I can't remember what character the sergeant's talking to. It might be Joker, who's like one of the main characters, or it might be Cumber Pile. Either way, it doesn't matter. He goes, I bet you could suck a golf ball for a garden hose because he's talking about them being gay, basically. <laughs> right, okay. Is that what that's referencing then? I, I, that's how I read it. Right, right. But, but I the, the whole point what... of it is that you're so good at it that yeah, you could yeah. get a golf ball for a garden yeah, hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of got that, but there. Okay. Right, and then, but she, yeah, she, get, she gets it through and what the golf ball <laughs> gets, gets the gasoline through um and there we go and then i think that's kind of it then isn't it and then the, the next bit because we're sort of in the cutting with the other scenes the storylines that we're going to talk about in a minute but the next bit is they're sort of driving along and it's where we start at, at the beginning where brooke is kind of waking up and not really understanding what's happened to lead Haley being in the car and Hayley's doing her air drumming and... Badly. Talk to me about it. I just I wasn't happy with the air drumming. Okay. It wasn't great, was it? What, do you know... But, but it, this... was, it was nice to see her relaxed with the Peyton... With the Peyton? It's nice to see her relaxed with Peyton. Um, and I suppose with Brooke being in the car. But when you say Brooke then starts to come back around and goes, what's she doing here? That's a really horrible moment. Ruined. It's horrible. Well, yeah. and, but but the fact, back to the air drumming though, quickly. We've spoken about this, I think it was on the Mighty 90s podcast, but about when I was when I was a teenager and I was driving on the motorway and I was really, really <laughs> rapping some Eminem, like hard rapping hand movements and whatever. And then I look over to like my right and there's a car of people just pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> um, and just the other day, I was doing it again. <laughs> was it Eminem like, again? No, I was like singing along to some like power ballad or something. You're such I... a Leanne Rhymes fan. I know it was that. <laughs> I know it was Leanne Rhymes, wasn't it? It might have been. Cat by the moon. <laughs> Wait, Leanne Rhymes is the, from Con Air. The, yeah. Uh... How's it going? Oh, it's How Do I Live Without You? Yeah, How Do I, breathe? How do live. I live Without You? I want to know how the... <laughs> Yeah, so... I actually I... don't mind the air drumming now. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was something like that. I think it might have been meatloaf. I don't know. Anyway, nice. I look over and it happened again. There was people in it, like, like workmen in, like, a transit van. There was just a guy just looking. He wasn't my <laughs> laughy. Just sort of more like, what is happening? And I just sort of looked and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> So Just pure shock. I don't want to judge Haley's air drumming because okay. I think people should be free to express themselves to music that they enjoy. Hey, she was having a good time. I just thought she was out of time. Okay. That so was what bothered uh, me. Okay, fair enough. But that's probably because she's air drumming to a song that isn't playing. Yeah, they probably <laughs> they probably put the song in in post production. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, so I'll, I'll cut her some slack there. Yeah. You've convinced me. Because, well, I can't say. I almost spoiled something. <laughs> but I didn't. So, <laughs> I was so close. So, when I think it's very important that when Brooke wakes up, 
and they have that conversation. She's like, what is she doing here? And then it goes even a step further as to, do you do you guys actually think you're going to be friends at school tomorrow? Mm. That's really deep because that's real. Like, yeah. um, So I can give a, a very quick example. I... For GCSEs, so here in the UK, GCSEs are the like exams that you have to sit um, at the end of what we call high school, but in America would be like middle school because high school in America goes to eighteen. Is that so, SATs? Like, yeah, Is that so the connection. Yeah, maybe like SAT, something like that. Um, basically, exams you take when you're fifteen, sixteen, and um, like a few months before that, my parents had sent me in like a when we had like a vacation week for half term had sent me to like a revision uh course thing that they were doing it at school to like help get your uh you know get your grades up or whatever before to practice before these tests and so it, it was at a school that was in a different town to where we live and it was people from all different schools sort of going there and i get there and there was the most popular girl in our school in in our in our year there uh and some other like sort of popular people that i wasn't friends with because i was not a popular person and uh anyway over the course of this week we all got really friendly and we're like hanging out at lunch times and and all this sort of stuff and it was all really nice and everything and uh and then we go back to school like the next week and that's it. We just didn't speak to each other. Like, and it's probably from both ways, like as in, but I think when you're in the Haley position, it probably feels more like, well, I wouldn't go and start a conversation with them because you assume that the popular type person is done with that, yeah. you know, because I think it feels like, well, they're talking to you because there are no other options. Do you know what I mean? So I could really relate to that from the Haley perspective, and that is really horrible. And I think that's something that I mean, I don't know what teenagers are like these days because we're talking for us like this, like sixteen, seventeen years ago. Um, but I imagine it's probably still much the same. Yeah, probably. I, I very much doubt that people have evolved <laughs> enough to to change. I mean, what what did you think of that? I mean, have you ever? felt anything like that or seen that where it's like in one setting these friendships can form but then it gets back to this other the traditional setting and then it's like back to separate separate quarters i've I've had a similar but slightly different experience in that i've had a friend that i was really good friends with at school and we got to year nine so in year nine you're what 14 14 yeah. yeah around there and um it was the first day of school after the summer holidays and over the summer holidays I'd, I'd like seen them a few times we were we were really good friends in school but didn't do a lot outside of school but yeah. that didn't really seem to matter we did a few things every now and then but nothing major and he started to become friends with the nastier popular so-called guy. popular bullier kids yeah and I'd, i thought nothing of it I'd, the, mean, I'd, the mean girls i didn't really care until the first day of year nine, he walked in and I went, hello, insert name here. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, we'll say Frank again. Hi, Frank. And he just ignored me. And I went, a total blank. Frank. And he's like, just completely ignored me. I was like, Frank, what's up? Like, do you have a good summer? What's what's going on? You know, and he just completely ignored me. 
Wow. Like I wasn't there. So it's just like... Do you think it was a status thing? What the hell do I do? Yeah. So what did you... Did you speak to Frank? How did that continue? Because... So here in the UK, I'm saying this because I know the majority of our listeners are uh, in America, but is that uh, in year nine, you've still got three more years of high, of our what we call high school. You've got year nine, 10 and 11. So for the subsequent three academic years, were there any changes between you and Frank or was that literally, that was it? That was it. Just didn't speak really? Did, just didn't talk anymore, yeah. And did he continue to be with the the mean crowd for throughout the rest of his, yeah? Yeah, and he changed and his persona changed as well. To being douchey? Yeah. So Frank basically evolved into a douchebag. Yeah. He bit. might not be a douchebag now. He might not be We've now. spoken about this before. Might be very nice now. But I had a, like, in a similar situation to who do I give the ball to, like we've had with Tim, say. Oh, right, yeah. This lad, this Frank, yeah, had the ball. In we football. were playing football. He had the ball and he had two options of who to pass to. Yeah. Me, who was completely uncovered yeah. and unmarked, or... One of the other kids that was better at football and his now new mate, right. who was marked. And he passed it to that kid. No, he actually passed it to me. Oh. And I thought, well, this could be the... The olive branch. This is the, 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 the bond back in. Right. But I, I then played the ball on to someone else. And I thought, well, maybe that's that's it. And I was like, oh, cheers. And it just completely ignored me again. From uh, there. He just wanted to win the game. I suppose. Never mind. He used you He in used sport. me, yeah, to get through, get through the, the match. Doesn't matter. Uh, but, life, but, life goes on, doesn't it? But, but you, well, yeah, that's true. But also, <laughs> you didn't. Um, you took the high road there the whole way through because he, you could have held on to that. Like he could have like passed you the ball, and then you, you could have been like, "Well, I'm still not going to be your friend because you were a douche to me." But no, you were still willing to accept you know that to to continue a friendship so i think that's a it's a good example of you being a high flyer you know it's not one that we need to learn from because you already had done it you know like if we'd given the example of you'd been open he said to pass the ball and then he did and then you were like a douche to him because he'd been a douche to you that'd be one where we'd be like well you know, in hindsight, and our learning for a high flyers club would have been, well, we should have, maybe you should have just let it go and been whatever, whatever. But you did that in the moment. So mm. I think it's another example of uh, you being a great guy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, that is a horrible thing, a situation for Haley to be in. And yeah, not very nice from Brooke. And showing how much she, Brooke actually buys into all of that high school hierarchy stuff yeah and that Peyton actually could have a relationship with Haley. they but... have a lot of in common they like the same music yeah they like the same guy or yeah. guys but there, or there's... bloodline at least <laughs> yeah there's definitely a connection between between Haley and Peyton in this episode um, that I was absolutely not expecting so soon which is why I turned it off initially because I thought this can't be right um and it was it was great to see, but it was immediately like quashed by um, Brooke, who's gone. Why is she in the car? And you really think you'll be friends tomorrow? And that's a really nasty, nasty moment. But right at the end of the episode, you get Peyton looking over at Haley. Like Haley like slows down to get Brooke and Peyton's attention as they're walking together through like the outside sort of corridors. 
Um, and she's really trying to get her attention because she stops and she's like looking at them and follows them all the way around. Um, and it's not until they're in the group and laughing that Haley kind of resigns herself to the fact that they're not going to be friends. But then Peyton looks over and there's that moment of, well, she could still be my friend, but I, I don't know how it's going to work with this situation. But Peyton's so different anyway. She's the cheerleader that shouldn't be a cheerleader because she's not cheerful and and doesn't care. She doesn't care about the games and she doesn't care about who's winning or losing. She cares about her own stuff, doesn't she? Mm. Um, so she could be... She could quite easily go and be friends with um, Haley and still be a cheerleader and say to that lot, I don't care. Shut up. I'll be, I'll be friends with whoever I want. Mm. She could be the person that does that. But I don't know if she will. Completely. What and very well, very well put. I mean, you saying earlier that Brooke would, if you was a teenager in this world, that Brooke would be your choice. If I was a teenager in this world, it would 100% be Hayley. It would. It would. Because she, um, for all of them reasons, for how, I don't know, just how nice she is. Like I'd, yeah. But mine was, wasn't on reflection. Mine was just a straightaway answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably um, too much of a male answer. <laughs> really, um, the true answer is Deb, isn't it? <laughs> what? And Karen. What? <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll get on to the adults soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that kind of wraps up the the girls. Do you want to go into Nathan and Lucas or do you want to go into the adults? I think we're going to Nathan and Lucas because they're, they're, this is so key. I know that the adults is important and we you almost want to build up to the key moment. But let's, let's just talk about it now because I think it leads in really well from the girls and their situation to now the boys and the situation that they've got themselves into. I, I've said this before, but I wish people could see the look in Dom's eyes. He loves this. Tell, tell it, tell the truth. You're really enjoying this show, aren't you? I'm enjoying doing this podcast with you. That wasn't my question. <laughs> You're enjoying the show, aren't you? So far, tell. yes, I am enjoying the show. I can tell. <laughs> okay, so Nathan, Lucas, we're getting on the game. We're going to the game. They get on the bus. Peyton made Lucas a mix because he helped her out in the last episode, which we know is like last week, with her struggling with the anniversary of her mum's death. Does this mean we're dating now? Yeah, he went in a little eager, didn't he? Creepy. Bit eager. Yeah. Play it cool. Pipe down, Chachi. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> so happy days. That's, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit strong, wasn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Play it cool, Lucas. Um, white, you get a bit of whitey? Yes, we do. So uh, I said a listener, Magdalena, shout out to you as always, had said in a message that she loves your love for whitey. <laughs> so do you want to talk on whitey for a second? Whitey being the man, the great man that he always is. He, he controls the music on that bus. Absolutely. He takes their tape out. One, I'm so impressed that it's a tape. Yeah. And it's just like, we're not having that crap. And tonight's theme is? Defense. Defense. 
And then I can't remember the song. Oh, I remember. They oh, just all put their headphones on, don't they? <laughs> just ignore him. But he um, he sends the most powerful message, doesn't he? And child endangerment. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. We can't, <laughs> we, we can't get to that yet. We've got to talk about the build-up of the, the fight. Yes. Um, Lucas is reading Steinbeck on the bus. He is. Still. That's so much. <laughs> Slow reading. He's had a lot going on. But there, there's... Um, I would never be able to do that. Like I find it hard to read on transport anyway because of like the motion. Yeah. But reading on a bus and listening to music, it's a lot. Yeah, the motion would be the thing that would bother me the most. Yeah, I can read and listen to music. I tend not to. I'd rather read in silence, but I'm quite happy to leave some music on. Yeah, I tend not to read. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the. Um, Okay, so they get to the game. They're wearing blue. You're seeing their away kit. Their what do you up. think of the blue compared to the white? I like it. I like it more than the white. Really? Yeah, I like the away kit. Wow. I would go for the away kit all day, every day. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Made by Cisco Athletic. <laughs> so they play in the game. They're winning. And then an argument kind of gets forged out of Nathan fouling on defense and then complaining that Lucas isn't uh, isn't Ding up enough. I didn't really understand this point, this bit of the basketball game because just like you don't see Lucas do anything wrong, but I suppose you don't really see Lucas do anything. So I think there's kind of an argument out of nothing. But really, he was just saying that he's just letting people, you know, get past him. Get past him. He needs to. Yeah, man up a little bit and D up. Nice. It's every reference to D you think of it as dick. (laughs) Called it as it is. That's what's going on with your face right now, isn't it? It Just so much reference to it in this program already. (laughs) The, The they have an argument. You can see that some of it is ADR'd in, like the dialogues been done in post. Production, production to make it I think a little bit more because they are kind of arguing over nothing uh, and then Nathan throws the ball oh it's on the back of Lucas's comment yeah he which says, was he goes up to Peyton and says um, I've seen Nathan in the showers I totally understand why you've broken up with him now and Nathan hears it and launches the ball at his back and then he just runs at him he doesn't take the high ground he does not. Jake this, has told him before. Take the high ground. This would be one that we could analyse on high flyers and say, Lucas, we want to sit down. Look, we understand what happened, but let's talk about if this was to happen again, how you could high fly over this one. Because this one, you kind of uh, you kind of went low there and tackled him to the ground. Mm. There's a lot of fighting in this episode. There's a lot in this episode, I thought. I was trying to think, is Dom going to be liking this one or not liking it? And I thought... He's going to like it because there's a good amount of basketball and a good amount of fighting. And you've said before that that's what does it for you. What, so fighting? They have the fight. That's how Brooke gets injured. And then we're back on the bus with Whitey. And Whitey says, Lucas Scott, Nathan Scott on your feet. He makes the bus pull over, makes them stand to their feet um, and tells them that they have to get on with each other. And Nathan says, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And he goes, well, we're going to have to make it happen, aren't we? And he's teaching them, like, a life lesson. basically, leave everything on here. You've got 30 miles to get back home. You're going to have to work it out. Do it as a team. 
um, which is a good lesson. But if they're under 18s, he's just dumped two kids at the side of a road, basically, and said, you know, work out how to get home. It's 30 miles away. <laughs> it is back to the boat burning. Yeah, Redmond's do this is dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he, he doesn't care. No. He doesn't care. There's no consequence for him. Well, that we've seen. Well, okay, fine. There might be a consequence for him, but he doesn't care of the consequence because he wants them to be a better team. Yeah. And I've said that this about Whitey before and that he's that all knowing character. So he's not like Haley that's um sorry, he's not like Brooke that's all seeing. But Brooke can kind of work things out and kind of relay that information whitey already knows what's going on he understands the situation but he doesn't share it he just has that ability to be able to make things develop and and push things in in the right direction and go this needs to happen because of everything that's happened in this past so i know what dan's like i know what karen's like probably don't know deb that well I know what happened in Peyton's past with her mum. I know all of this. I have all of this information. So I can do the right thing and make them a better team and make them better people by doing these things. So, right, both of you off the bus. You're both going to walk home or you're both going to find a way of getting home together. Bye-bye and leave them to it. What? He's the first person to do that. He's the first person. To, everyone's been saying, why don't you just talk to each other? Why don't you talk to each other? Have a, have a bit of a moment. Now, Hayley and Debs in particular are the ones that are saying, let's let them come together and work it all out. And Whitey is the first one to take action on it. Because they've ruined or nearly ruined a basketball game, but actually he recognises that this needs to happen. He could have just sat on the bus in silence and said, you're both useless. You're not going to play at the same times. So I'll, I'll take you on and off the bench at different times and you just never play together. But that wouldn't work because they're two star players. So I need to do something drastic to make you two work better together. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, and it's kind of an old... Go away! <laughs> it's kind of his old school methods, but it works. And uh, yeah. Are you alluding to repercussions in the next episode? Maybe I, that's where I'll go with Whitey then. I allude to nothing. He might get in trouble, but he'll get in trouble with Dan. I'm I don't... We Dan pushing for him to get in trouble. I like to I like to just sometimes pose these little questions, not as spoilers. And sometimes I'm misdirecting you, but I oh. just like to try and see thought provoker. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to provoke more more predictions and thoughts. So we will see. Cool. Okay, so Nathan and Lucas are off the bus, and they're arguing for a bit this that and the other and then we get the car pulling over and uh nathan's like well i'm gonna get a ride what happens don well look the the beginning of the argument is about this wouldn't have ever happened if you hadn't joined the team if you hadn't joined the team um and it's quite a petty little row about the situation they've got themselves into but it's not really it's not their fault that they hate each other that's what i've come to you know, realise sort of by this point it's not their fault. It's Dan's fault that they dislike each other because he's driven that wedge between them slash their two worlds the whole time they've been alive. You know, um and he's made it so difficult for them to just be able to get on. And the car pulls up, 
the door opens because hey you want a ride and Nathan's like well I'm going to get a ride with them I don't know what you're going to do and Lucas says that's not a good idea but he does it anyway because it's Nathan and Nathan does what he wants and he gets dragged into the car and then they reverse and say to Lucas get in the car or he's dead and they have a gun and they have a gun but Dom did you notice who was driving the car I recognised him is he unlike Beauty and the Geek or something like that his name is Sam Horrigan. He may have been in things like that, but what you and I know him from is he is Spike in The Little Giants. Oh, that's right. He is. Yeah. Lols. We've got Spike from The Little Giants, who's Thing, Thing 1, Thing... 3. Was it Thing, Thing um, 1, and Thing 3? Yeah. yeah. The third. Because I'm the third. Because he's the third. Yeah. So stupid. (laughs) But that's what this episode has that I think is really good is it's got these comical moments and I think the episode as a whole was really needed in terms of the chronology of the season so far is they've all been there's been quite heavy subject matter the whole way through. And especially in the previous episode with um Peyton's mum and Camilla and it's like it's it's a lot. So this is kind of like a bit of like a paddock cleanser in some way, of putting some humorous moments in there, but also doing a lot to push the characters forward. And I think it's a really it's a clever, a clever place to put an episode like this. Yeah, it's a good device, isn't it, to break it up a little bit. But also, it's about bringing people together that wouldn't normally be together. Yeah, and it's potentially gonna change trajectories for a few people mm-hmm. in terms of their character development and where they go from here yeah completely but um, but also allowing it to be well this was an isolated thing in some regards like with like uh, Haley and Peyton and Brooke that actually the deck got reset when they went back to school but it's like showing an inkling that you know things could be okay yeah is yeah but okay, so I suppose it it be in episode six. If there's let's say there's twenty four episodes a season, every, every sixth episode is slightly different. It mm-hmm. makes it fit, wouldn't it? Because then you've got your big sort of crescendo at the end. So you've got, yeah. you got six, twelve, 18. eighteen, twenty-four. Yeah. So Yeah. Fits. We'll see. Let's see what episode twelve is saying. Let's <laughs> see if we can notice that pattern. And so Lucas then gets in the car. And they strip them naked, well not naked, down to their boxes, sorry. You and wish they were naked. They, and puts them into the, they have to go to the gas station to get beer, porn, hemorrhoid cream. Feminine products. Yeah. And they have raven suck on their back. Yeah. And they're getting some looks from people that are already in there. The clerk calls nine one one. Why would you do that? I was thinking that. I was like, "This is an overreaction." Yeah. They're teenagers. Just kick them out. Just say, "Okay, there you go." Yeah. <laughs> um. And then the police come. They sort of skirt off in the car. They hide. They duck down. And then the thing, thing, thing one and thing the third, free <laughs> thing. Thing one and thing three decide that Lucas and Nathan need to play Gladiator. Yes. What did you think of this? If they want their clothes back and the right to go home, they have to fight each other. Well, they will give the winner a lift home. Yeah. 
Yeah, not the loser. Either way. And Luke is saying, well, we're not going to fight each other. Nathan punches him in the face. And so maybe we and maybe are. Maybe we are, yeah. It's a great moment where he's just smacked in the face. Okay, we are going to fight. And he, I, you can tell that there's obviously behind Nathan, James Laffey, there's obviously like a, you know, them big blue pads. But yeah, he's rugby, like rugby tackles him down. It, it looks lifts really him off good. The ground. It's a really good lift. Yeah, well, he was an American football player, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go, yeah. So it's perfect. And we must take a moment because you don't get to see any of this stuff because you're not allowed to look. But James Lafferty, who plays Nathan, in real life, yesterday, just got engaged. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations, oh. yeah. Uh, to an actress that was on The Royals. Do you know The Royals? It had Elizabeth Hurley in it. James Lafferty was like a, a director of a couple of episodes of that. It was written by Mark Schwann, who wrote One Tree Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So congratulations to him. But yeah, so uh, they're playing Gladiator and quite some big hits. Gets slammed down onto the car. Yeah. As well, that Lucas does, doesn't he? Yeah. By Nathan, obviously. They're getting, yeah, they're getting smacked about a bit. And there's obviously that, Lucas doesn't know what Nathan's plan is. So there's that, uh, an aggression, and they are actually fighting. And when he slams him onto the car, that's kind of his plan. I need to get him over there, get them out of the way so I can grab the keys. Do you think Nathan had that plan from the beginning? I think Nathan probably wanted to punch him. He probably wanted to punch him for a while, and vice versa. Um, But it fell quite well in terms of him then being able to fulfill his plan of getting the the keys out of the car yeah and then they play keys for clothes yeah <laughs> so I'll give you a key if you you give us a, an item of clothing because I was nervous that Lucas was going to lose his Keith Scott hoodie which Nathan ends up wearing later which yeah. is a crazy juxtaposition but he says give him his sweats he asked for his clothes back first mm. asked for Lucas's clothes back first it's a bit of a olive branch change it's a good episode for 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 that changing character isn't it in that turn oh yeah so they they then get their clothes back he's throwing keys well they said he don't, don't i don't need my shirt i can live without my shirt and then pretends to launch the, the car keys out and they have to go and find it yeah and they run away and hide for a little bit have a little chat don't they yeah well in that moment uh nathan says to lucas about the story about him playing baseball and Dan sort of like the coach or or something and he made like a smart decision to to allow the the hitter to walk to the first base rather than letting them have the opportunity of hitting a home run thinking it was smart but instead Luke uh, Dan grabs Nathan by the arm and kicks him in the butt but holds him because he kicks him so hard to stop him from like flying basically says next time you're pitying yourself just remember things like that it was quite a nice moment I think mm. or what, what did you make of that uh, it's a horrible moment I mean it's a nice moment of them him sharing it I think he's saying that although he's had this wealth in his life and his this money from his dad it's it's always come with consequences and the consequences are, are the the biggest consequences that he's not had a happy childhood um, because of Dan. Dan has just 
abused his power way too often and and even from a very early age he's trying to get involved in a sport that he probably really liked um and that dan has probably pushed him into and has become the the coach of the little league team or whatever it is he's thought okay i'm going to do something quite clever here because you could catch this guy out on the bases if he's on bases and he's not getting a home run if he's getting a home run you can't do anything he's going to get all the way around but if he's on first base you've got second and third to still catch him out because the pitch can just throw it to whoever's on second and third to to run him out like part way through the game smart decision but Dan is disappointed because he just wants him to hurl it at, at him and try and strike him out um and I mean, you don't get any explanation of what other parents... I would love to, to like see that as a flashback or something like that and just see what other parents do because do they go, oh, that's Dan Scott, we don't mess with him because he's, you know, the old captain of this basketball team and used to run this town kind of thing? Or does anyone get involved? Does anyone go over and say, what are you doing? Kind of, it, it was that symmetry moment of him hitting Nathan in the basketball game in the episode before. When he fouled him, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a similar moment. You know, they're just stunned faces in the audience, but they did nothing. No one no one intervened. And then it's Lucas's idea where he says, well, look, I know I can hold my own, and I know that you can throw a good punch, so let's just take these guys on. Right? And they go to stand in the road to wait for the car to come back, but instead of it being thing, thing one and thing three, it is... Peyton, Haley, and Brooke. And then that's where the episode starts. And then they're in the car and then they go back. Mm-hmm. So is that is that good for them? Should we move on to the adults or do you have anything else you want to say on them? I think it covers them pretty well. I think their their bond in the little forest bit is good. It's the it's the start of things changing, I think. I think this will be the start of pushback against Dan. I think I think Nathan will come up with so many more stories about how kind of evil Dan is that Lucas will feel sorry for him for having this dad and will kind of go, yeah, I don't want him in my life. He's an idiot. You know, why Why is this... Um, I'm only associated with the name because of Keith, because Keith is um, probably his real dad and is, is a great guy. Um, and Dan is just like... He's just nasty he's just evil nasty nasty like horrible human being and nathan is becoming more real to him now nathan is becoming more like him more like lucas more hard done by kid because his dad has been so nasty to him yeah well and i think there's important imagery in at the end when all five of them are in the car driving back that is important because that is the first time we've seen all five of them in one shot together. And I know that you haven't seen because you're not able to. I don't maybe you have, but on the front of like the box sets and all the artwork and everything for the, the DVDs, etc., it's them five that are on the front of all of them. Like it's right. pitched as they're the five protagonists. Okay. Um so I think it's important that this is the first time that they've all been in one bit together oh, all right okay fair enough um just on on all of their development then as a as we'll call them the the main protagonist then the, that five the teens yeah 
Nathan and Haley are definitely going to have a thing. Okay. Definitely going to happen. Okay. I can see it. Okay. Brooke can see it. I can see it. Right, you think it's going somewhere. Yeah. Where do you think... Where do you think it's going? Like, as in, you think this is... We're going to have a romantic relationship. But, like, long-term or short-term? That I can't tell you. Because I don't know whether there's going to be a moment of high school embarrassment. Nathan can't admit to his friends that Haley is his girlfriend. Ooh, okay. You'd like a hierarchy thing. Yeah. So let's keep this a secret. And Haley's probably going to want to keep it quiet. Because... Doesn't want to upset Lucas. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. Haley and Peyton may have a reconnection. There may be a point of, hey, I'm going to this gig. Do you want to come? And Haley's like, yeah, okay. This is weird, but I'll come because she's got no other mates that will go to that sort of thing because they're all like cheerleaders and they don't like the same things. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be something more between them. And Brooke will just continue to be Brooke. She's quite a little bit vindictive in this episode in terms of what she was saying and making out. It's it's quite nasty. Mm -hmm. Hopefully she's not nasty, Brooke, but... um, What about Lucas and Nathan? Oh, you said about Nathan. What about Lucas? Lucas, I think, will continue to be extremely cautious of Nathan. I think he's starting to feel a bit sorry for him, but he won't fall into that trap of, okay, we're now suddenly best mates. But I think I think they're heading into a. Their paths aren't so parallel anymore. They're starting to join. It's going to become all about keeping secrets from each other, isn't it? I don't. I think Lucas is probably going to be the only one that doesn't have a secret unless he gets with Peyton. But I, I don't. I don't think those two will ever make a secret of it. They've made it pretty clear to other people that they like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Peyton hasn't necessarily said the words, but has been told it's obvious and she's never denied it. All the way through. So Peyton and Lucas would never need to hide it. Okay. I think Haley and Nathan need to hide it. And I think that's going to be the main talking point, let's say, going forward. So you don't think that anything between Brooke and Lucas would materialise? Why are you throwing that in with such a big grin on your face? I'm not. I don't, I don't I'm think... I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm I think Brooke will try... But she's been trying all this time and hasn't succeeded. Mm-hmm, I, th- mm-hmm. I, I actually don't think Lucas will fall for it. Okay. Unless there's a moment of... Well, if Haley's going to go off and get with Nathan, then I could just get off with, you know, Brooke, someone that's throwing themselves at me. So, okay. you know, try and fight fire with fire a little bit. And no rekindling of Nathan and Peyton? No, I've, I think I've stepped away from that now. A little bit. It really feels like she's done with him. Okay, well, let's take... <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because your face just makes what? me go, I don't know if I'm on the right lines or not. I don't know what's happening. Ah! Okay, real quick, without really, without thinking about it too tough, those five teens, name them from your favourite character to least favourite, just out of those five. You know, no reasoning, just for you personally, favourite to least. Go. Okay. Uh, Nathan, Brooke, Lucas, Haley Payton. Ooh, Nathan. Okay. <laughs> That's like... changed, hasn't it? Why? Why, <laughs> why, why Nathan? Uh, I said no explanation, but I need some explanation you on the no Nathan. Explanation. No, come on. 
<laughs> what, what's what's turned it for you for Nathan? Um, I mean, he's got more more layers than yeah, you, more layers. He's he's actually a really good character, and I uh, I like him as a character, and he's played really well. That's good. Okay, let's so move on to the adults. Let's move on to the adults. We've got Keith, Dan, Karen, Deb. Again, all thrown together. Yeah, first time. Yeah, first time we see them all together. So, well, should we start with Karen because she's asking Lucas about what dress to wear? You know, I've been theorising about the, the children and their age. Yeah. So Lucas and Nathan. So my theory is, I'm going to get this theory out there early. Okay. Is that Karen is pregnant? Dan goes to college. Is supposed to come back from college. Doesn't come back from college because he's got Deb's pregnant. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm putting out there. And chose to stay with Deb. Yes. Because Daddy's got money. Ooh. Okay. All right. That's what I'm going for. And that's what bankrolled his business. Yes. As Keith said. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, well that's that's it's in the books. It's on the record. It's <laughs> on Okay. So Karen's looking at what dresses to wear, talking to Lucas about red one the black one uh he he makes some comments as to saying like you know if you wanted to date keith i'm cool with it i'm okay with it you're not old yeah i think they've got quite good chemistry the actors um chad michael murray and moira kelly Mm. anything that's quite natural um and and then we get them going to the dinner Oh, we get some stuff between Dan and Deb, and Dan is upset that he's having to go to... It's like a small business networking function, but it's the same night as a basketball game. Don't they know it's a game day? Right. Or game night? Like, what's wrong with you? That is... businesses don't care. And Deb's saying, well, actually, also, it's important that we have some quiet time alone, because he's saying, well, it's only 30 minutes away. Why do we have to get a room? Yeah, he's just so fanatical about his son's basketball career. Yeah. It's crazy. Very crazy. But it was... He's the guy listening to Mouth's webcast. Yeah, probably, yeah. It was nice to to have him not at the game, though. But that's probably what spurred the, the fight. I think if Dan had been there, Nathan wouldn't have thrown the ball at him. And that development in these characters couldn't have happened without... Dan not being around some distance yeah alright so talk to me about the the dinner so they're at the um, small business league the yeah. SBL yeah um, and get sat at the same table they sat at the same table how very very awkward but uh, they handle it pretty well I think Karen doesn't seem embarrassed or shamed by him anymore which she did early on she's, yeah. she's already <laughs> quite quickly moved on from that and I think the burning of her cheerleader outfit has been that step change allowed her to let go of the past yeah let's let's move on it's it's different now you know I they're growing up I'm a bit older I can handle myself a bit better and I've got you know Keith to kind of back me up they all have their own small businesses Karen's cafe Keith's auto body shop and towing and Dan Scott Motors. Yeah. So uh, the other people at the table 
question whether they work together, don't they? And mm-hmm. he says, no. Uh, but he was my inspiration. And he's, Dan says that Keith was his inspiration because he was always tinkering with cars and stuff like that. And then I went on and did bigger and better things with it. And, and Keith it was, says... And Keith says, yeah, well, you know, actually you're at bankrolled by Deb's daddy's money sort of thing. And then Dan says... Well, well I paid yeah, absolutely, him. and I paid him back tenfold. And Keith also says something like, yeah, I fix the junk that he sells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a laugh from the guy at the table. That's all I'd be aiming for. <laughs> I want to get a laugh out of these people. And Dan, the guy at the table says something like, Dan says, from seed money, and the guy says, like, to profits or something like that. Yeah. Like, to profit. Like, as in, he, he kind of works people, doesn't he? Like, he kind of puts on this facade of charm mm. with these undertones of just, like, evil. Yeah, just pure evil, isn't he? He really gets under um, Keith's skin. I can't, which comment is it that he says that... He says something that makes Keith leave the table to go to the bar to have, like, several, like, whiskies. <laughs> but can you remember what that comment was? Uh, I can't remember. It, it's something about, like, you didn't, you haven't made anything of your life or something along those lines that he then goes to, to have some drinks and Deb goes to talk to him. This, this is a massive moment for me um, and in this episode because... Keith says, essentially, why are you still with him? To, about Dan. About Dan, to Debs. And Debs yeah. is like, because sometimes he's the man I fell in love with, and the rest of the time, well, I don't really know. Mm. She's, she's so uncertain. She's really, really unsure. Um, and Keith is like, look, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about everything that's happened. I shouldn't have said what I said and got up and stormed off. And she's like, no, it's, kind of, it's fine. And then they go, they go back to the table and Dan's on the phone trying to find out from Nathan what's going on. And he says, um, I can't get through to you at home. No one's answering. It's past midnight. Is it past midnight? Yeah. I think it's it's like past that. midnight. Um, let me know you're okay and send me your stats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. This guy just can't like let up for one night, can he? And Deb says, I thought we were going to leave basketball for the night. And, she, and he says, well, you left me with Karen and these two. That's so <laughs> funny. It's a great moment. Like the guy like looks up from their, then the woman look up from their drinks like, hey, you know. I love that. <laughs> it's just like, it's, and these two. It's just like spit in their faces right in front of them. Um, and then he says, hey, boozy. Yeah. To Keith, because he's all like, and he, Keith just laughs at that. Yeah. Like, he's, Keith's just having a little giggle at the table. And uh, Karen's like, yeah, I'm fine. You, you know, they just do what they got to do. And then it's like sloppy seconds comment, isn't it? Yeah. And basically, it doesn't say that, but he says... He says something like, you you're, ch- you're my... ch- chasing after my... Uh... Rejects? Yeah, something like that. Basically calls Karen a reject and he Keith is, takes ex- exception to this, which he would. And I so wanted him to land this punch. <laughs> I so wanted him to hear him. He didn't make it because he's too drunk. I reckon had he not been so drunk, he would have absolutely smashed his face in. But I so wanted him to punch him. I was so desperate. I was like, yes, he's going to do it. He's up. He's in the air. And Dan just sort of like edges out the way and parries it away and he falls into a table. I was so sad. I was really upset. I I was hoping Karen would just get up and lamp him. 
<laughs> I'm thinking that would be perfect. The the expression on Keith's face, he kind of hears the comment and he sort of like he sort of smiles and nods like, mm-hmm, okay. And then goes to get up to punch him and it's like, yeah, you it looks like he's gonna connect. And then yeah, he doesn't and then he gets pulled and then Dan gets the it was a joke. It was just a joke. Yeah, just I really wanted him to get punched in the face. Why hasn't that happened yet? <laughs> Six episodes in and no one has punched him in the face. Come on, people. And Keith's the one to I'm do calling it. out to everyone at Tree Hill. <laughs> Smash him in the face. I feel like Keith would have the hardest punch as well. Like that's the one you person you want to punch him. Absolutely. I, yeah, Lucas yeah. would pack a good punch. We've seen that. And Nathan. Not, not as much as Keith. I think it has, like, if Keith proper smacked him out that'd be brilliant but, or whitey <laughs> <laughs> not whitey <laughs> Danny uh, but we we have skipped over a vital point that when Deb is talking to Keith she says about Karen and about has Keith ever thought about romantically to Karen and Keith basically says oh she just doesn't think of me in that way yeah um, well there's the whole interaction between Lucas and Karen as well isn't there when mm-hmm. um he makes out that it's a date. And she's like, oh, it's not a date. Oh, but has Keith said anything to you? And he's like, enjoy your non-date and stuff like that. So both of them want it to be a date. Well, we get back to uh, Karen's and Keith sort of on the sofa being a bit drunk and whatever. And what happens there, Dom? <laughs> um, Karen says... So Karen says... Um, I kind of pretended that this is going to be a date. Oh, that's kind of how I felt about it. And Keith admits the same. He says, oh, I, I felt the same. And I felt the same thing. <laughs> it's a but sweet moment. It's he a... should have just left it there, shouldn't he? And then he says, I love you. Always have. I mean, that's nice, but not now. He could have left it as a... Or what did you think of this omission? Too soon, Keith. But, I mean, that's just pure emotion coming out, isn't it? Mm. It's just pure, like, I need to say it. It's just come out. It's just happened. It, just, it does It does just happen sometimes. What do you foresee? Because that's kind of it, then. What do you foresee for Keith, Karen, Deb, Dan, prediction? I think Keith is going to forget that he said it. Because he was drunk. Or at least pretend he's forgotten. Yeah. Like, he'll wake up and be like, oh, when do we get back here? And then Karen will be like, uh... There'll be a bit of awkwardness around them, I think. But if Keith is like, I can't remember what happened, what happened, when did we get back? She'll, like, brush it under the table. But I hope that there's more of a relationship starts to build between them. I actually quite like the fact that Debs is joining in with them. It seems to get on really well. Keith has built that bond with Karen, was polite to Karen when they turned up and said hello and, you know, tried to involve her. Um, And is trying to get Keith and her involved will get Keith thinking that way I, I quite like that I, the way Debs and Dan ended with I'm going to go pack my things we're going home I think that's Keith almost getting his way with well, getting his way with but you know get putting that sort of footnote in of why are you with him still and she's mm. thinking why am I with him mm. so Dan will come back doing his apologising thing to Debs Keith will not really know what's going on and Karen will be in this world of I really like him he's just turned around and said he loves me and he always has and I think I've always had feelings for him but I don't think it's right yet nice 
Okay. <laughs> well, that is our character journeys. So if you haven't already, please check out our Patreon page where right now you can be a week ahead and you can catch our next episode on there right now if you're listening to this on podcast platforms obviously if you're listening to this on patreon you already know what's up you're up to date (laughs) but here's some brief information about our patreon page you just became a raven hello and welcome to the mighty 90s podcast network our network is made up of two podcasts the mighty 90s movie and tv podcast a look back at 90s movies we grew up with and The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you would like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes a patron shout-out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover, and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel, and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode, we will spin the wheel, and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this, and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. So, Dom, let's move into our judgments. So, who was your favourite performer of the episode? Brooke. Sophia Bush. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually think she played and acted kind of fun, silly... And then almost like drunk, but drugged, um, funny, and then quite hard-hitting, nasty, all in one episode. And I thought she actually did that really well. I was, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, she did play that well, because it's hard. Some, I think it's quite easy for people to really overdo it when they're playing, like, drunk or, you know, yeah, like, you know, drugged up or whatever. I think, yeah, she balanced that well. Mm. What about you? I think I'll go with James Lafferty for Nathan. I think he showed some really good range in there. I was going to pick him. It was between him and Sophia Bush. Do you want to know another little bit of trivia? Because you can't know this. So I told you that Chad Michael Murray was married to Sophia Bush and they got divorced all within the show. In later... That's... Don't answer any spoilers... At some point in real life, James Lafferty and Sophia Bush are together in real life as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think just briefly, like dating or whatever. But yeah. Uh, okay, who is your favourite character? Uh, I would have said Keith, if Keith had landed the punch. <laughs> okay. 
it would have been an absolute hands down Keith. And Whitey's always going to be up there, but he was he wasn't in it for long, other than making that right. You need to sort your lives out. Get out, get off the bus moment. So for me, I think it's got to be. I actually think Brooke. Okay, doubling up. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's hard for me to pick between Brooke and Nathan, but I think I will I will stick with with Brooke. I think that all seeing moment just I, I really like that about her and that she has that ability and she uses it. I didn't I didn't enjoy the the sort of nastiness towards Haley at the end, mm. but that's just part of that character, I suppose. And she is that teen cheerleading I say how it is kind of girl so yeah I think I'll, I'll go with her she, she had a big episode in this episode mm. so yeah yeah she did are, uh, you, are you going with Nathan no I, I was <laughs> thinking of that but I think actually I'm going to go with Hayley oh. because uh, that whole trend we've spoken about and then the part at the end when she's having to watch them and be separate you know from <laughs> Peyton, like as in it's not a nice thing it's horrible but like and she also put herself out there she went to the game to go she's sort of doing things for herself a little bit rather than just being in this in the wings you know um so i'll choose her i didn't i have to ask because i didn't ask you for what about for the four adults we had how would you rank them from characters favorite to least no thinking go keith Debs, Karen, Dan. Nice. Makes perfect sense. No <laughs> questions required. Uh, Favourite song? Uh, I didn't really take much note of the music. There was a lot more music in this episode than sort of previous episodes. Yeah. But again, I didn't really pay a massive amount of attention to it. Maybe whatever it, the song was that Haley was drumming to. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> Favourite background performer? I have one. Let's get it. In the basketball game, yeah, when um, Nathan throws the ball at Lucas's back, yeah, it cuts to a shot of Haley, yeah, and Mouth, yeah, standing in the stands, and there's a guy that's just in front of them in a grey shirt that's just like pure, I don't know where to look, face. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, he he really stood out to me, so I'm going with with that guy. Nice. Okay. Did, did you have one in this episode? Um, I will take the guy that calls nine one one in the in <laughs> the gas station. Tash. Yeah, he's just he overreacted. He panicked. He called nine one one. I did. get it. Okay, and then last but not least, talk to me about rating. I went first last week, so let's go first. You go first this week. I don't think you're going to agree with me on the rating for this week. Oh, Dominic, we can do this. Okay, go on. Seven. Fuck you. <laughs> this is my reasoning. No, no. I'll hear you. Do you want to go for your number first? Me. I was wanting to shoot for the ten. Oh shit! And I'll tell you why. Okay, I figure because we're marking this out of ten in the confines of the show, right? Yes. Like as in, is how good an episode can be in One Tree Hill, so that like not comparing it to the finale of Breaking Bad or something like that. It's like, how good an ep- uh, an episode can be with these characters in this world. And this, I felt like, was... It was different to any other episode that preceded it. It moved the characters along. It 
also allowed things to reset in a slightly different way, put the pieces back in a different order. Well, the performances were really good. It had good basketball in, had good action, had good comedy, good drama, uh, and spread the story out amongst the characters. I just thought it's kind of... This is one that I think of as one of my favourite episodes of the whole show. Wow. Yeah, as like kind of like a one of those moments that is out of Tree Hill, you know, it's an episode that's complete, all characters is out of Tree Hill, the, the adults as well. So, let me you hear want... your reason for a seven and maybe so, we can meet somewhere. It was, it was, it was borderline eight. Okay. So I think if I'm being, if I'm being true, I'll go eight instead. Okay. So I've already upgraded by one. Yeah. And my reasoning is, is because I think that this episode was an episode to kick off better episodes mm-hmm. so more is coming so this this episode is like the base point or the groundwork for like a great episode and that's what it felt like to me so you know i said in the first episode it was a six because i could have watched that and then never watched it again because mm-hmm. there's nothing coming mm-hmm. this episode has made me want to go i want to watch the next one now because i want to see what happens mm-hmm. so i think eight is fair i said i think seven was wrong eight is fair so, so seven would disregard the seven because it was wrong so, t- I was wrong so forget the wrong. seven so admit- you're, you're at an eight I'm at a ten yeah. it's me at a nine I just don't know if it was as good as the last episode you preferred the last I know the last episode was like sad and upset and drab but I just thought the it was really really well done can I bring you to an but- eight can I bring you to an eight because I was at 10, Don. You were at 10. You're already well, at 9. I'm at 10. Yeah. <laughs> Dom, this is a big one. Can you see what I mean about where we're going to go now? Yeah, it's setting We've it set up. Everything it's up. a setup for a punchline. I get that. But I feel like there was a lot of punchline in this episode as well. It was a really good episode. Really good. Did you watch it twice? Uh, yeah. Always watch them twice. Always twice. Mm. I'll meet you at an eight, but I, I want you to remember. I want you to remember that I came to an eight. I feel like you haven't convinced me enough. I feel like you've gave it, given him really easily there. Well, Is that I, a win. I, I no, it's more that I don't think I can get you to a nine. I know you too well. Like that, it's I can tell when it's to be a losing battle, but I see it as I, I mean eight is still high. I would have been a lot more comfortable with a nine. I think because I'm hoping for the next one to be a nine. I can't remember what's next. <laughs> like, as in, I, like I remember obviously the show, but I it's I didn't remember that this was the next episode. Yeah. When it came on, I was like, oh yes, I can't wait to talk about this one. So it was already a ten before you watched it. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorites okay. of the whole thing of season one for sure but of the whole show. So what would be interesting is if we then went back after we finished the season and I worked out kind of the scale of what is a 10 and what is a 1 mm-hmm. and we you know because I can't imagine there's going to be a 1 I don't I hope know not. But... I hope not <laughs> I'm not in season 1 no. I just think I think last week had some really important themes this week has been some really important filler in terms of this is where their story needs to go now. Or this is the path the, this lot are going to follow. 
Uh, and I think the subsequent episodes could be eights, nines, and you never know, might even hit a ten. But we will hit a ten. <laughs> I thought it was today, so, but yeah, not I'm going to stick with eight. All right, all right, we'll go eight. We'll go eight. We'll Under shape. protest, we'll go eight. Okay, it's an eight. So you can reach us if you want to send us an email, message us, whatever. You can get us at the mighty nineties podcast at gmail dot com on email so that's the mighty 90s 90s podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on instagram dom at ravens podcast which is live i have no access or visibility but please feel free to uh, like our pictures on there um send us a message simon will read and heavily screen screen my uh, the messages that he then forwards to me um, yeah. If you, that's that being said, if you want to send the message to Dom, you can send it to me, and I'll screen it for spoilers and send it <laughs> on to him, so you can get a dialogue going with Dom about this stuff. You check out our Patreon, RavensHoops.net. Um, you can get early access and additional content on there. And if you can, please support us with a review on iTunes or whatever platform you get your podcasts on. It really helps us to get more visibility for more Ravens fans just like you. And more than anything, we appreciate you being along with us for the journey. We've been getting great feedback from listeners and it just makes it more fun. You know, these are conversations that Dom and I would enjoy having even if nobody was listening uh, but it makes it awesome to be able to share it with everyone and hopefully you know some of these stories uh, that we're sharing as well can resonate with people and you know help you get through your commute home from work or whatever if you're on a treadmill right now or on the train or what else do people do podcasts walking the dog that's right it's the most in line um yeah it's just this is this is great fun to do so thank you for all of the support thank you and ravens on free one two three ravens Ravens!